Thanks for finding us and tuning into this podcast this week presented by Beef O'Brady's in Tampa on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Hank's Barbecue and Home Slice Pizza. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is good. To beat the man, you gotta beat the man. The two-one swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome into the Christmas edition, the Hanukkah edition of the Powers on Sports podcast. Let me be probably the last to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah uh, for those of you celebrating uh, this holiday season. Uh, you are probably listening to this podcast over the weekend. Hopefully you ha- will have finished your Christmas shopping and not that person that's at the mall at 430 at, on, on Saturday <laughs> night as we lead into Christmas Eve. Um, I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. We joined by TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio. Welcome in, TJ. Hey, good to be with you. And as I like to say, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, Festivus for the rest of us. You and I get that reference from Seinfeld. Uh, we're ready to do this. You and I have actually seen each other in person. We had a little meetup. We had a little breakfast Christmas weekend to kind of set the tone before I head to Arizona with the Bucks. I will have you know that I have already hit a store and made a major purchase for the boss, for Mrs. Reeves. Now, might I understand you've also hit a couple of stores as we're releasing the podcast on Friday. Yes. Are you staying away from Christmas Eve shopping? Are you done? What's the status I, with well, you? Um, my goal is to be done today. I think I got to go do one more thing after <laughs> we record this at some point friday my goal is to be done saturday because remember sports fans there's a full slate of nfl games on saturday that's right so that's right nfl guy or girl there's plenty of there's from one o'clock till 12 o'clock tomorrow night of football and somewhere around there you got to work on seeing the family for example or going and having some food if if that's the case Uh, And man, they are getting destroyed in the Northeast by cold, by snow. So if you were like procrastinating to do your Christmas shopping in person (laughs) in the Northeast, you're, can we say it's, you're Scrooged, you're Scrooged uh, for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Thankfully, we're going West away from it. And we'll see how all of that works out uh, with going out to the desert. Buccaneers have never played on Christmas Day. It will be Christmas night in the desert. So lots to talk about. Good to be with you. You lead. I follow here on the Powers on Sports podcast, my friend. We're going to do a little potpourri here, a little six-pack of questions for Mr. Reeves. I I neglected to say Mr. Reeves is also the host of the uh, some shows on BetUS TV. Yes. He does a college basketball show, does a, does a uh, underdog show for the NFL. He does some boxing. He is a man of many, many talents. <laughs> Too many hats. Uh, Three Dog Thursday on BetUS TV. We've been rolling along with underdogs in college football and the NFL. It has been the year of the underdog uh, for sure. Is this the point in time that we mentioned that the Bucks are up to a nine-point favorite? We do not need the Cardinals being anywhere near covering or being an underdog in this matchup. I'm just saying. But thank you for propping me up, and I'm ready for your potpourri. All right, first question. Favorite Christmas song? 
Ooh, uh, I think it's got to be uh, Silent Night. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We live in Florida. We don't know what a white Christmas <laughs> is. Probably Silent Night would okay. be uh, would be a good one in, in my house. In my household, we love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We sing to all of those. So Silent Night, I will go in the uh, leadoff spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I like the what old about you? guys. I like the what old guys. You? Pearl Ives, Andy yes. Williams, yes. Frank Sinatra. Even a little Bruce Springsteen sings. What about these radio stations, not just in Tampa, but all over the country that start playing Christmas music like at Halloween or the first week nonstop on the radio? And so then by the time you get to Thanksgiving, you're sick of the songs in your head and you're not even in December yet. So I try to stay away from that till December because I don't want to be overrun by all the Christmas songs. Yeah, but I'm I'm with you. I like the old school guys singing them back in the day, the 70s and 60s, 70s, even a little 80s. But uh, yeah, I like a little... uh, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Burl Ives, some Sinatra, <laughs> some uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, you know. yeah that's some good stuff. That is some all good right. stuff. What else? In lieu of all the cold weather that the Northeast and the Midwest and everybody, but even Florida, it's going to be in the 30s here Saturday night in Florida here in Tampa, which is a rarity. Coldest game you've ever covered. Doesn't necessarily mean you're on the field. Coldest game you've been to where you've either been a broadcaster or on the field? We played New England uh, in New England on a Saturday in, in December, and that was the first year that I was on the Bucks sideline in 2005, and it was in the it was in the 20s with the wind chill in the teens. They're few and far between. I haven't done a Green Bay in the snow. We haven't had one of those. Uh, obviously, we had the potential for some nastiness in Cleveland. It wasn't that horrible and that cold. I, I did an orange bowl. It's been cold in Florida before. I did an orange bowl working it for Sirius XM. Remember uh, Mark Mangino, Akib Tlaib yeah. in Kansas playing Frank Beamer's Virginia Tech. And it was literally like 35 degrees at kickoff in Miami for the orange bowl. You know when it's getting that cold down in South Florida, yes. probably two hours directly south and then over to the southeast of us. When it's that cold there, it was chilly that New Year's night for that orange bowl that we worked that game. So, but in terms of being out in it, I can only really recall off the top of my head a couple of times. We don't, we don't uh, a lot of times have freezing cold games uh, that we have to deal with. Um, New England would probably come to mind first. Uh, Again, when you're playing Detroit or Minnesota, those are inside, which we've played them before in December. Those are inside Arizona Sunday night is inside. So we'll take advantage of that in the desert. Do, when you're out there, do the teams that you're working with, do they provide you any kind of relief? Do they let you sit on the on the on the heated bench? Do they no. give you any kind of any we don't any get to sit. anything. They usually have a heater beside it that's blowing like like some heat, and you can maybe stand near that, but generally, no, you're over there and it's cold. Uh, I mean, it was getting cold in the second half of the Bucks game relative for us against the Bengals yeah. on Sunday night. It was in the uh, the upper 40s, getting colder as the game went on, low 50s, upper 40s. Uh, but no, to answer your question, we don't get the heated bench. That's not part of the deal. <laughs> All right, let's go to the World Cup. What a World oh. Cup final we had oh. last oh. Sunday morning. You know, on the here over in Qatar, obviously Argentina, France. What a finish. She had Argentina dominated about the first 70 minutes or so. Then the two Mbappe goals within like three minutes of each other to tie it, go to overtime. Then Argentina scores again with Messi. And then Mbappe equalizes. Then we go to penalty kicks. And then the dramatic 
penalty kick. Messi finally gets his World Cup title. Wow. They're still partying in Buenos Aires 24 hours a day. Just your thoughts. I know you're a soccer guy a little bit. And uh, just what an event from a sporting event. What an event final. I have followed this event. And again, I'm not the most hardcore, but I can give you reference point that I've probably watched every World Cup final since my childhood going back to the early 80s. I remember when this was only on, it wasn't really being televised in the United States. And Jim McKay on Wide World of Sports called yeah. the World Cup final in 1982 powers. I don't even know how old you were, but I remember watching that. And then 86 is Maradona and the World Mexico Cup. I vividly City. remember watching that out of Mexico City. And you come forward to some of these other World Cup finals they've had. Of course, the 94 one was Brazil and Italy here in the United States at the Rose Bowl, right. uh, where Italy missed on the penalty kick and Brazil won the World Cup. So we, we've had great finishes, but I think as an overall dramatic World Cup final, this one, this one is tops. This yeah. one is tops of the ones that I've seen in my lifetime, and all the soccer people are saying the same thing. Just an incredible, dramatic game with lots of goals, Extra time, each team scores a goal in the extra time, including the penalty kick for France that retied the game. Then it comes down to the penalty kicks. Who's going to be a hero forever or who's going to have to go into witness protection and hiding forever if you're missing penalty kicks in the World Cup? And I love my man, Martin Gramatica, who you've been around yeah. uh, as well, who's from Argentina, his family, his brothers, uh, the Gramaticas and the Gramatica sons and his daughter. I put it on social media. All I reposted that. it, hit them jumping up and down. This is how much it means for the millions and millions and millions that live in Argentina. Uh, this is something else for them to get to celebrate for the first time in 36 years. They've won this thing. We keep saying this, Jason, this is not as big a deal in the United States. It is growing in the United States, but everywhere else, it is the biggest of deals. There were a billion one billion people watching, one billion watching the World Cup at some point or another. It is the world sport, and that was a crazy, crazy championship game, crazy dramatic, and it led right into the NFL games later in the day. And what made it great, in my opinion, were the great players played great. Messi and Mbappe were tremendous. They both were star, you know, the star power of the game. Both were clutch, dram dramatic. He was dramatic. There were no, you know, there were a couple penalty kicks. I get it, but there were some great goals in the game. And soccer fans, sports fans in America, we love the scoring. And for that game to be a three to three, I really think that's going to raise the profile. And remember, the World Cup comes back to the United States. North America, Canada, Mexico, all sharing it four years from now. So I think I think really that's going to be a big boost to the sport here in the, in the States. Yeah, and, and again, I still remember in 94 how it was all over the country. I mentioned the Rose Bowl, but it was in Orlando, right yeah. here in the state where we are. It was also in Chicago. Uh, I, I want to say it was in uh, Detroit Boston, at the Silverdome. They had it in yeah. Boston. They moved it all over. So now you can have it. Remember, Vancouver had the Women's World Cup where Carly Lloyd, listen yeah. to my soccer knowledge, Carly Lloyd had the hat trick in the first half in the first 25 minutes of the game she scored three times she is still the only player female or male to ever have a hat trick in one half and it was the first half that was in vancouver when canada was the host of the women's world cup yep. so they're, they're going to have all kinds of venues and this will be a very big deal four years from now uh we shall see uh, what kind of interest and attention, and maybe the United States can even start to knock around and contend. We have never been in the semifinal, much less the championship of this thing. As large a nation as we are, as soccer crazy as we have been, 
at the youth level in this country for 50 years. Right. And we haven't gotten there. Let's see if we can get there soon. And, and, and you may know, you may know Grant, but the shout out to Grant Wall, the tragic passing of Grant Wall yes. at, the, at the World Cup. Um, you know, he's kind of the, he's been the fo- foremost soccer journalist in the last decade or so here in the United States and just a terrible situation. Luckily, thank God, it, t- terrible that he passed, but thank God nothing was nefarious about it. It was just a medical condition that came out of the blue. He didn't know, right? He was walking right. around with a with an aorta problem, an aortic aneurysm killed him. And this is right. just another reminder for all of us because we're all, uh, Jason, you're my contemporary. We're all starting to get older. Get checked. Get checked by doctors. Get your heart checked out. Get checked uh, for cancer, yeah. for everything. Uh, because you can prevent a lot of bad things from happening if you're proactive. And Grant Wall, again, for 25 years, has right. really been the soccer journalist in this country, written and on TV, World Cup coverage on Fox, uh, writing for Sports Illustrated, etc. Right. And he tragically, while covering the event, dies in the stadium during one of the matches, and there was so much... Uh, speculation that the Qatari government might have somehow been involved because he's been anti-Qatar for years in his writings and that kind of stuff. But it turns out it was a horrible medical situation for him. Um, Just an awful circumstance for one of the top uh, soccer writers and advocates that we've had for a long time. That's a big void. No Grant Wall. And I I heard a great comparison. He's like the Peter Gammons of baseball when it came to notes and nuggets and that kind of right. stuff. He was kind of that kind of, of soccer guy for yeah. the world for the world of soccer. So, all right, let's let's transition to the college football world, football and American style. Semifinal coming up next week at George, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Who I don't want you to give me a national champion. Who do you think there's any any upsets in the semifinals? I'm going, if there's a better chance at the upset, it's TCU against Michigan. Uh, I just don't see Ohio State beating Georgia. Maybe we lean too much and are slanted too much to the SEC, but that's a home away from home game in Atlanta. So if you pin me down on best chance for an upset, it's TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. But I think we're looking at Michigan and Georgia in a rematch of what their semifinal game was a year ago and a chance for back-to-back for the Bulldogs if they can get it. And the, and the interesting thing is that again, Georgia has been in the South has won the sec title game in Atlanta. This is now the peach bowl in Atlanta, but the championship game will be in Los Angeles at SoFi stadium. So the bulldog nation's got to make their way out there. And then again, for the Michigan fans, they've, they've got alumni, obviously all over the country, they travel well, but they're in the desert. Uh, in Arizona. So we will be there Sunday night for the NFL. Right. And then six nights later is this semifinal game, Michigan and TCU in the same stadium, State Farm Stadium. But then whoever wins that has got to reload and go right back out west to Los Angeles for the championship game. So that will be an interesting dynamic. I don't know what you think. Are you going on the record yet on uh, on upset or who's got the best chance? But I would think it's TCU out of TCU or Ohio State. I agree. Everybody, everybody's talking Ohio, Ohio State's getting a second life and their passing attack. And granted, Georgia gave up some yards to LSU in the game and the SEC, but that game was kind of over when all a lot of the yards were happening for, for LSU. Um, you know, I'm with you. I think TCU would be the team that could slow the – because Michigan's not a blow a team out kind of scenario. They like to methodically grind it out on the ground – um kind of situation so I, I do i'm with you i think tcu of the two team two games would have the best chance for an upset but i'm with you i think i think it's gonna be a michigan georgia national championship and what a turnaround for jim harbaugh two years ago they're trying to run him out of ann arbor now he's the king of ann arbor well and he's beaten ohio state which he had to do he's won yeah. the big 10 title 
And now if you get a chance to win a college football playoff, there is still a lot of belief. You want a little intel on the Powers on Sports podcast? There's a lot of belief he's in the mix for the Indianapolis Colts job. Wow. Just from the standpoint that he is very tight with the owner, uh, Jim Ursay, he's in the ring of honor for the Colts for having been a player. Remember, he led him to an AFC championship game. Harbaugh known as the Bears quarterback, and he kind of knocked around a couple plays, but he had success for a while. The early days of Marshall Falk, was in Indianapolis with Jim Harbaugh at quarterback before Peyton Manning became the quarterback and then Marshall Falk later to the Rams. Captain so, comeback, Ted Marchabroda yes. and those okay, guys. Okay, so just keep an eye on, depending on what happens here, it doesn't look like Jeff Saturday will be the long-term answer. I mean, right. good Lord, the meltdowns they've had, probably not the long-term answer. Might it be Jim Harbaugh, especially if he's restored Michigan here, to college football playoff level, won the Big Ten. You can make that argument, got him back. But, I mean, I, it, there's also something to be said that maybe he wants to reap the reward of it here and I, ride high with recruiting, et cetera. I don't know. I'm just saying keep an eye on right. Harbaugh to the Colts come January. There's always in the NFL, and you and I know this, there's always one out of left field higher in the NFL every year. And then, you know, in these coach, and there'll be there'll be six or seven coaches that'll get let go at some point, most likely here in the next couple of weeks in the NFL. And there's always one out of left field that we all don't aren't kind of penciling in. So keep an eye there as well. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs, corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist again print and marketing specialist todd tedesco 813-498-2887 are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall first time home buyer you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation reach out to titan home lending for all of your home lending needs if you need an fha va conventional jumbo or even a bank statement loan titan is the place to help you we will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. couple more things. Give me a sleeper in the AFC and the NFC. Give me one team. Again, we're getting to the last three weeks here. Give me a team that's, you know, maybe a four, five, six seed that you think could do some damage in, 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 in on the AFC and the NFC side in the playoffs. All right, let's let's go first with the NFC, and okay. don't laugh me out of the room here. Uh, of course, we want the Buccaneers to do well. We want the Buccaneers to have a playoff game. I need playoff checks, Brother Powers. We got to pay for Christmas. <laughs> we got to pay for orthodontics. We got to pay for all this stuff. I want playoff checks. You want to know who's a dangerous team, I think? The New York Giants. 
Okay. The New York Giants are playing with belief. They're not spectacular on offense, but Brian Dayball has coached them up. I know as we're taping this, they play Minnesota in a in a really must-win clutch game for them. The Vikings have already clinched the North, yep. so it's only about playoff seating for them uh, at the moment. The, the, the Giants' last couple of games are very winnable after this Minnesota game. You want a sleeper that could be dangerous as a wild-card team? With, I know it's Daniel Jones at quarterback. I know they've had some injuries, but New York won in Washington last week. The, I, the New York good. Giants. You said sleeper. The New York. Everybody's going to be talking about Eagles, Cowboys, right. 49ers. Give me New York Giants as your sleeper in the NFC. AFC, that's an interesting one with the way that things have kind of faltered and fallen out. How about if they get there? Uh, L.A. Chargers, L.A. Chargers, eight wins going into Monday night football. Yep. They are the road favorite at Indianapolis for a ninth win. They're going to be in the wild card mix for the final two weekends. Yep. L.A. Chargers will be my sleeper. Everybody's talking about Cincinnati, Kansas City. Yep. Uh, who am I leaving out? Buffalo, yep. Miami at the top. Chargers already beaten Miami. Yep. Chargers have gotten a couple of last second wins as of late. They played Kansas City tough before losing well, to them yes. recently. Chargers. Yes. Chargers sleeper Giants. out of LA. Chargers, Chargers Giants. Giants. Yes. Got to give a shout out to my guy, Anthony Blevins, a guy I played college football with at UAB, one of the assistant coaches for the Giants. So, how about shout that? Out to my guy, Anthony. Hey, Blevins. Brian Dable. I mean, look, if you don't think coaching matters, yes, coaching absolutely matters. That giant team does not have superstar personnel, but Dable understanding offense, the togetherness of that team, coaching matters, and it, it, it has for the Giants. No doubt about it. No doubt. All right, last thing we'll talk about, we'll get you out of here, is our, our Buccaneers. You know, obviously it's been a struggle all year to get any consistency. One good game, one good half, two poor halves. You're there every week. I, again, what do you see? What are the, what are the areas that you see in the next three weeks that if they make a, just a little bit of an incremental improvement, they can be one of these dangerous teams? Because I because say what you want, if the Bucks make it, they're going to have a home game against Dallas in all likelihood. Most likely, the Cowboys yes. are coming to Raymond James if the Bucks win the division. That's just the way it is. They've beaten the Cowboys. They moved the ball pretty well against Dallas in week one, just didn't score touchdowns. Give me the one or two incremental things that if you see the Bucs make improvements in these areas, they can be a threat. Take care of the football. And we saw a nightmare in the third period last week where you turn the ball over five times in 11 plays. The Gio Bernard, Gio Bernard uh, botched punt, that counts as a turnover. It was a fumble that Kansas right. that uh, Cincinnati recovered. And then you had four more after that. Tom Brady responsible really for all of them. Uh, I know he got hit on the last one on the interception, and it was kind of a fluky play where the guy's on the ground and makes the catch, but still can't have those turnovers. So in the formula here, man, you came out with such a great start last week. Both sides of the ball, complimentary football. But you undid yourself, Jason, with turnovers, right. mistakes, penalties. Stop self-inflicting. And it starts with this game on Christmas night here. Do not help the Cardinals out. You have every chance to do damage and really have this team, the Cardinals, check out. Because they they uh, they uh know, they realize Cliff Kingsbury's probably fired. Third-string uh, quarterback. Third I mean, you're a third-string quarterback with Kyler Murray out for the year. They're going nowhere. They don't want to be there, figuratively right. or literally. They don't want right. to be there. 
So do not help them out with turnovers and penalties. And that'll be the same key in the final two with Carolina that you're going to need to win. And you do not want to be in Atlanta with anything on the line for you and or the Falcons playing the Falcons in the final game. So take care of business in this one and in the Carolina game, and you should be good. You get to that eighth win in the Carolina game, you should be good. But a big part of it is stop self-inflicting. And that, that includes on defense, yep. missed tackles, untimely penalties, play a sound fundamental 60 minutes. And I think you're going to be in good shape. We were looking at that kind of play in the first half against Cincinnati, and then it became halftime. And where did that go? Goodness. It crazy. I mean, again, the Buccaneers, I know people who follow the NFL know this. It only takes getting hot for a couple of weeks. You don't have to be That's hot right. for eight or nine weeks. It's can you get hot these last two or three weeks of the season, get healthy. Health is a huge factor. You finally see the Eagles with a little adversity now with Jalen Hurts. Should be okay come playoff time, but you never know. Hey, I know you didn't say this. Are the Cowboys invincible? Did no. you see the did you see the Texans game at home? Did you see them blow a 17-point lead at Jacksonville and lose in overtime? Yeah. I don't I don't think there's anybody outside of Big D that's that fearful of the Cowboys, especially as the road team right now. So get in the tournament, get in the tournament with TB 12 and a home game. And let's see what happens. And that starts with Sunday night in Arizona, take a big step towards the playoffs Sunday night in Arizona. Well, my man, I know you, I know you're going to have your, you guys are heading out on Friday afternoon late. Hopefully you can find somewhere to eat on Saturday night, Christmas Eve. I, I, that's going to be a challenge. It might be Chinese <laughs> food. It might be Indian or Mediterranean. I don't know what's going to be open in Arizona on Christmas Eve. We are there for the duration, brother. We get there Friday night as we're releasing this podcast. TJ going to be hanging out in the Valley of the Sun on Saturday. TJ going to be hanging out in the Valley of the Sun throughout Sunday because we don't play till Sunday night, 6 o'clock local time, just after 8 Eastern time. So it's going to be a lot of keep yourself occupied with the football, with the Christmas stuff. We'll do a little video with the family uh, and see everybody. Going to be odd. It's going to be different. Let's see what happens. I will say this. You love the nostalgia, and I know you and Peter on a brother podcast do a great job on the No Quarter Given podcast on, on BuckPower.com and Paul Stewart with the BuckPower website. We love the history. We love the nostalgia. The Buccaneers do not have a Christmas Day game, but they do have a day after the Christmas win in Denver. 1993, the day after Christmas, the team traveled on Christmas Day, played the NFL games on Sunday in Denver. Dave Moore caught the game-winning touchdown pass against John Elway and the Broncos on the day after Christmas. Dave Moore will be in the radio booth on Sunday night for the NFL uh, Sunday night Christmas night game against Arizona. Hopefully that's some good Christmas mojo, Jason Powers, to have Dave Moore along here for a, a historic Christmas night game for the Bucs, and maybe we get one last present under the tree and get a Buccaneer win. I don't want to see you, Dave, and Gene, like in the, the movie A Christmas Story, eating at the Chinese restaurant on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the famous scene where they are eating duck. Ra, 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 yeah. And the duck is smiling at me. <laughs> and the best is, whenever you see that again, folks, if you see it, watch the kid's reaction. Watch the little actor that's playing Randy's reaction when the head gets chopped off of the duck. <laughs> and you know they had to do a couple of takes. And Randy, the actor playing Randy, is just loving it, chopping the duck's head off right in front of him with those takes there uh that is a tremendous tremendous uh traditional movie yeah. that i have watched now for 35 years of my life i'm gonna have to watch it again in arizona brother for this weekend for the bucks in arizona for christmas 
want to wish the Reeve family, Reeves family, a merry, merry Christmas. I know you'll you'll you be missing out on Christmas. I know you guys celebrated all right a little bit early, but yes, that, that day is a special day. I know in your household, so. I know you're going to be missing out, but you'll be able to talk. I'm going to do the video with the twins. Yeah. We're going to be all good. They're going to see me from Arizona. Merry Christmas to you, your family, all the listeners that are out there listening on Powers on Sports. You do a great job with this podcast. Uh, keep feeding them everything Tampa Bay, and you even branch it out. We talk some World Cup here, some college football playoff. You do a great job. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, and let's get a Buccaneer win. Let's be talking playoff scenarios next week, Brother Powers. I'm all for it. TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio, host BetUS TV. Check that out. He, they do content all week long, college basketball, NFL stuff. They'll be doing some bowl game stuff, some boxing. Does a tremendous job, and he's been a very helpful in my uh, this year in 2022. So thank you so much for all, all you've done for me. I really appreciate it. Great to be with you, my friend. Go Bucks! Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, folks, have a great Christmas. That's all for the Powers on Sports podcast. Check us out, Twitter, at JPO Sports. Love to hear from you. And have a safe, safe holiday weekend. Be safe if you're not listening here. If you're in the bad weather, stay off the roads. And be kind to somebody this weekend as well. Have a great weekend, folks, and we'll see you next week. Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.